Welcome to Goy Fire. We've got a lot to talk about tonight. Uh, we'll be talking about the border situation, which is always a hot topic. Um, we'll be talking about the new bill they're trying to pass in New Jersey to seize homes and firearms. Uh, we'll be talking about language, uh, the Berlin Monument that's been built, uh, a rabbi being brought up on charges of fraud, and anti-racist groups hunting white men in Canada, threatening to throw them in jail. Including some of our own white men. So it's, right. it's poisonal. They're yeah. all our own. They're all our own worldwide. That's right. I meant we're specifically there, CNN white men, but they're all, we're on the side of all white men. Right. All right. Well, starting off with the U.S. border, uh, we've got U.S. border agents have been ordered not to arrest illegal aliens along the section of the Arizona border where protesters patrolled last month because an increase in apprehensions there would prove the effectiveness of the Minutemen volunteers. More than a dozen agents, all of whom were asked not to be identified out of fear of retribution, said orders were issued that made it clear that arrests were not to increase along the 23-mile section of border monitored by the Minutemen. And the media quickly followed up on this and asked who issued the orders, and then they went to the guy and asked him why he issued the orders. No, I'm just kidding. Actually, they reported it. Whoever issued the orders remains in silence. Yeah, Chertoff flew down, flew down there, Michael Chertoff, the uh, head of Homeland Security, the umbrella organization that controls everything from the FBI uh, to ICE, which is the oddly named uh, Immigration Enforcement. I don't know why they named it after crystal methamphetamine, but maybe because so many of them bring that stuff in here, I suppose. But, hey, man, uh, they're just <laughs> good North Americans doing jobs that other good North Americans don't want to do. <laughs> yeah, he, went, he flew down there in the wake of this um, Minuteman thing and uh, stood at a podium and spoke out in the middle of nowhere, but they blocked off the area, which he drove into in a probably with a, a convoy of uh, brand-new SUVs, all shiny and waxed up. Why do they block off this this uh, whole area for King Herod? This guy's not the President of the United States. I mean, they blocked off, cordoned off an area in the blocks, put up barriers. No, no, he can't come in this uh, radius. I mean, is this guy's life that precious, even if he's under some sort of threat? Yeah, they wouldn't get Simcox into the meeting uh, 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 to, to interview him. And he, that guy's a newspaper editor. So. It's it's a clear case of goy annoy. <laughs> yeah, that was that was a word that a reader suggested uh, to cover the. We we're having a not really a contest, but a, a, a attempt to come up with the best name to describe the Jewish hatred for white people, which obviously not merely colors it defines our world, as we'll see from this week's goy fire. Well, hatred and fear, hatred and fear, and very strong racial hatred of us that is never acknowledged in any publication and, and allows them to frame issues their own way so that only anti-Semitism exists and there's, there's no word for the feeling and the hatred that they obviously have for us. I think the point about uh, them blockading around Chert Chertoff is more of a libertarian point that, you know, as, as the U.S. becomes an empire, you've got to keep people away from the center. You know, when you're going out and messing with people, you know, you start to get afraid that they're going to mess with you. And we saw that in the Lefko case. We see that around the White House itself, which when I lived out there, you could drive and walk by, and, and now I think you can still walk by, but they've got it really barricaded, and you can't drive by 1600 Pennsylvania anymore. And, of course, they have armed guard and uh, metal checkers everywhere. But uh, well, that's the yeah. price of empire. You know, you make yourself hated by your acts, uh, then you've got to spend, you know, as much as the rest of the world combined on defense. Makes sense. They know what they've done. 
And that's why they're not reporting it, and that's why they're heavily arming themselves in self-defense. Well, certainly no Mexicans are after Michael Chertoff. Yeah, he's their best friend. I mean, uh, what what other news item did we see this week uh, that, yet again, as we said last show, demonstrates that the government is the enemy of the people, and the government defined very broadly to include the media, because the media and the policymakers and the speechwriters and the frontmen like Bush all work together uh, against the interests of the people. We saw Bush says, oh, I'm going to give a, million, a billion dollars to distribute among the states who are dealing with these invaders and their health care problems that have caused so many hospitals to shut down. Well, that's money taken right away from you and me and other uh, uninsured white men to pay for the health care costs of the people who are here to displace us. And there should you know, be a great uh, outrage about that. VNN's tech was telling, uh, telling me this past week that he went into a hospital in uh, Jersey someplace and... Ahead of him were some Mexican uh, invaders, and apparently they just essentially just gave their names, and that was it. But if you read this article, these articles about this billion dollars that Bush has given, and, and they're trumpeting it as if it's some, I don't know, some really the landmark decision and uh, fairness, and all it is is shuffling money around from white Americans to, uh, you know, this is, this is not, to me it's not even news. I mean, the question to me should be, uh, you know, you're going to put the Marines or the Airborne on the border. And, and now they've got it to how polite they are. You should, you should read what they have to ask them. They have a, you know, like a, a list of six or seven things. If they say this, then you say this. And then, but basically it comes down to, uh, you know, you may as well put uh, white kid gloves on them there uh, when, when they come in and you have to deal with them because... Well, um, yeah, they have it written on the wall here in Kirksville, which is in the middle of the country, you know. You cannot be denied services on account of your, you know, blah, 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 blah. The point, mm-hmm. point is it's in Spanish, like everything else in our society these days, mm-hmm. including a bank. You know, do you want uh, your directions at the ATM in English or Spanish? Every every box at Walmart is marked in usually Spanish, French, and uh, English. It's not only going to be your directions, it's going to be your grandkids. Yeah. You know, not for us. But. We're being forcibly mixed with people that very reasonably none of us want to mix with. You go, you go, and I think this was done to, uh, I think this was done to Carl Rove. A bunch of the illegals, uh, went to his property, I think around D.C., and were threatening to, uh, invade it, and he got real angry about it. I remember that. And, uh, yeah, you go out to Bush's ranch in, in Crawford, and you, uh, you see if, uh, you can get onto his property there. You, you know, you take shits and you heave them over onto his property. You see how long that lasts. Well, these people are absolutely destroying the desert down there. I mean, they're crapping everywhere. They're leaving all kinds of bottles and plastic and, Infected, dirty clothes, just destroying the environment. And uh, the well, pictures are that, extremely disgusting. The locals down there in the Minutemen's area, that 23-mile area, they took out a half-page ad in the local paper thanking the people, and they said, we haven't had so much peace and safety in, in years this past month, and we're so grateful to you for that. Well, this, this just shows you, it, it utterly underlines that the government is against the people. The government is our enemy. The government, how can it take money from people when there's, what, 30, 40 million white Americans with no health care insurance and gives it to invaders? That right there shows you the government is illegitimate. The government knows that it's illegitimate, and that's why it has to defend itself with $400 billion for a, for a defense and, and huge you know, civil defense in, in Washington. They're scared as hell. Well, I think it's always important to specify and say the current operators of government uh, are illegitimate because we can, you know, cycle these chumps out uh, just as quickly as, uh, you know, flushing the toilet if if our process really did work. And and I would hope after that that government would work for us. Well, you know? yeah, you're, you're right, but that's going to get us into our, our topic about uh, language control that we'll get to in a minute where 
They framed it so that voices like ours are precluded as illegitimate. We are haters. Something that's hate, obviously, is not a legitimate choice, <clears throat> and you have every right to ban it, and indeed, that's what Jews have done in most of the rest of the world, which will be a third topic we're going to be dealing with today. So you see, the point of Goyfire is to show you how it all hangs together, show you that your only true interest lie in identifying as a white man with other white men who want to live the white way. We, uh, these days, almost barely know what that is. You know, it's been so long since we've experienced it. Sure, there are little pockets here and there, and when we're with our own people, we're enormously comfortable, just as all people are when they're with their own people, be it uh, Mexicans or Filipinos, you name it, Chinese, and that's why they tend to uh, party together, live together, and socialize together. But in our case, the difference for us is we're being disenfranchised in our own country, the dispossessed, as, as a, a fellow wrote a book year, some years ago yes. with, uh, by that title, which is a very erudite tome. We're denied group existence. The only sense in which we're allowed to exist is as repositories of historical guilt and the kind of the butts of history and, and the, uh, the people that it's fine to whip hatred on. Now they're trying to create whiteness studies. They're trying to create hate studies. Um, these are designed to tell you the white race doesn't exist and it must be destroyed as fast as possible. Yeah, oddly and enough, fact, the people who take these whiteness courses are, are often uh, non-whites. They may be non-whites, so they may be white, self-hating liberals. Yes. You know, whites who've been trained at a... And they, they really do this to kids a lot. They teach them that everybody else has a valid culture. So the kids are frantic to find out some link, however imaginary or tenuous, to... Oh, we had an ancestor who was a Creek. You see that claim by probably tens of millions of whites in the South and Midwest in particular will be claimed that they're partly descended from Indians, and most of the time it's baseless. Half-breed was, a, was a, a term every American wanted to avoid at all costs. That was a uh, cause of many a bar fight, I'm sure. Calling at one point, and that shows you how more is, more is change or can change very quickly. Today, That's yeah. That's one you, reason we you, should not get discouraged. Things can often change overnight. You film uh, dances with wolves, and everybody's trying to prove they've got uh, Iroquois connection. Is that why they all name their kid Dakota in the poor white areas? That was real popular a couple of years ago. I always wondered about the source of that. What I was trying to say is walk into a, a bar, you know, just a regular working-class bar where young college kids go and start to talk uh, with these young girls, and they'll, they'll tell you, oh, oh, yeah, I'm a little bit Indian, Cherokee or Iroquois. I don't know yeah. why they picked those. I guess they've heard that, uh, who was that song, uh, Cherokee Indian? Cherokee, Cherokee. people. Uh, Tim, uh, back, there's a song in there back in the 70s, and then Tim McGraw yeah. did another one, uh, Indian Outlaw, a few years ago that was a big yeah. hit. And, and the, here are these beautiful uh, light blue-eyed and hazel and green-eyed uh, uh, white girls, or, or tawny-haired and, and insisting that they're part Indian. I don't believe <laughs> it. They're taught that being white is hateful and weak and that Europeans are despoilers and destroyers. And mm -hmm. it, it's, you would think it might be self-evident that, look, it wasn't any black people who created our civilization. But then again, a lot of them think that our civilization is horrible. Oh, we use, you know, so much of the world's resource. Well, how much of the world's resource do we produce? I mean, well, that's where the, the hatred of the U.S. filters into <laughs> hatred of the white race. But, uh, you know, we don't, and I saw this, I majored in international relations in college, and a lot of that is north-south debate, which is basically the, the brown stubbies trying to take away money from the rich white north, as though we have our money and our good way of life because we're oppressing them, which is ridiculous. Mm -hmm. We have our way of life and our, our money because we work hard. 
and we used to save it, and we used to uh, be productive and uh, have our work ethic. And uh, white people generally like working. I like working. I think most people like working. They like they, they like having something to do, doing it hard, and getting paid for it. And uh, that's what built our civilization. Not any theft from brown people. The brown people are walking around not even understanding the uses to which their the factors in their environment could be put. It was white people right. who created most of that. Right. Well, I'd say the civilization argument's getting weaker and weaker as time goes on because, you know, our civilization is more or less falling apart uh, in almost all areas. And uh, when we say, yeah, our civilization, uh, I mean, it comes across weak because, well, we failed to defend it properly, and now they see civilization as as part of the machine. You know that uh, yeah. it's just all this ugliness. You want to say that's ours? Uh, you know, I, I think, for example, that one poster we have on Vietnam Forum, Kievsky, you know, the Back Kiefsky, to Nature yeah. movement. Um, you know, for these types of people, they just they don't they don't want to have any part of that. You know, civilization. Well, there's many unattractive things to be sure, but. No one's forcing us to live a certain way, even within the confines of Jew-produced Ameriqua. Uh, we, you know, there's voluntary simplicity, there's asceticism, there's you, you don't have to buy into the TV and the rest of it, although you cannot fully escape its effects. But I think the thing that we built in general in America was, was a good thing, it functioned well, and it was a, a product of white daring and resourcefulness and just plain determination. I'm, I'm very proud that my family came over here and was part of, a, of building America into what it was, and we know what it could be. Well, that's the um, thing. I think nowadays... It's the race, though, that built it. Right, every time one says civilization, it needs a qualifier, you know, and everybody's... Uh, uh, it's incumbent upon the hearer to, to use more and more imagination of what was and what could be because things are, have just taken such a drastic turn. Well, I think if you have whites only in a society, you're not going to have these huge problems of uh, getting, getting along with uh, other people. Whites don't have this inherent uh, desire to destroy things the way Jews do and the way to claim that there are these wonderful radicals who are breaking all barriers. And, and uh, I don't think that the Anglo elites who ran the country out of the East would have been, uh, they want to blame them for the downfall. The Jews kind of use them as a cover, but they, they had no interest in destroying the country. They might have had an interest in being snobbish and looking down on people in other parts of it, but they weren't going to, you know, they were the ones who set up the uh, the restrictions against Jews and uh, in order to protect themselves and, and keep the kind of society that they liked. And that was perfectly fine with, you know, more of the peasant stock in other, in other portions of the country. We've seen the result of them working together with the Jews over the 20th century, and it's absolutely horrible. And that's why we need to go to probably more of a Germanic model of a, of a culture where materialism is not the main goal and where civility is, is uh, civility in dealing with outgroups has changed for uh, hostility since the outgroups are hostile to us. Cannot go by the golden rule and treat them as we would want to be treated. Jews don't operate. That's a recipe for getting run over by Jews as we've seen. Do you think that most people have come to terms with the fact that uh, non-whites' interests are divergent from ours? It's hard to say. All I know is I look at what people say, and what they say is almost 100% in line with the regime. And to the extent they offer any criticism, it's couched in O'Reilly-esque or Limbaugh-esque terms of demural. And uh, isn't this ridiculous? But they never get to the substance. Of, they never get to the heart of the problem. That's what, why Goyfire exists to explain to you that this is a racial battle between Jews and, and, and whites. And with most of the mass of people not fully understanding what's going on, but their instincts being basically good, basically conservative, basically the average white person does not want to destroy things and, and fully understands that blacks are basically a problem. 
doesn't matter what they say. Look at their behavior. They want to live around their own. They don't want to live around blacks. That goes for even the even the elite that doesn't want that. I mean, Clinton moved to what Westchester County? That's like two percent minority. He doesn't want any part of diversity. Clinton's kids, Kennedy's kids, Bush's kids. These are not going to mix with minority. They'll mix with them a little at college and in, in, in that kind of a token sort of way. But when when they mate, when they when where they live, it's going to be it's going to be these white exclusive enclaves and they don't give you know and this has been said a hundred million times but it's no less true that you know they're they're uh, they're all liberals even if they call themselves conservatives and they're going to subject you to the horrors of the new world order society that they're building and, and uh not pay the cost themselves and uh, what about let's talk about the way they're doing it with words uh, those are uh, that's an old subject well, too and we've all had to become familiar with the vocabulary in looking at uh, some of orwell's words they would use uh the uh un they would put un in front of things, and whites are essentially becoming unpersons in our own lands. And the odd thing is, is many of us are willingly so becoming that, because the dichotomy is set up. If you do not, uh, the two buzzwords to me now are diversity and hate. And if you don't like diversity, you're a hater. And it's almost, it's as if the Jews have this territory in white people's brains. It's not just our geographical territory. They control the media. They control what's being pumped into us constantly via cable. If not directly them, then the, then the rabbinical uh, experts they have come on, a lot of them bearded and everything else, cross-eyed and telling us, uh, oh, yeah, this is what you're all about. Don't forget it. I know, Alex, you have a lot to say about this topic. I just want to throw out my own meanderings about it um, on language. Uh, I consider words, you know, post-cognitive packages, which means... You accept them at your own peril. I mean, somebody's defined a term for you, and if if you accept that term, you've accepted their opinion. For example, words we see this all the time. Uh, hate. Uh, it, it's it's been thought out what hate means by someone else who's using it politically, and then they tag it to that what they they want to use. And if you pick up that terminology and say there's a hater, that's hate, then they've got that frame within which they can work. And and that works because most of these people, like I was mentioning the reporter, the young girl and young uh, male reporter I talked to, uh, they accept it as though it's the most obvious thing in the world that hate exists. Uh, the essence of Newspeak, which was George Orwell's term for what the dictators were doing to the population, they were giving them up. They were creating Newspeak to basically narrow thought by narrowing the number of words to get rid of any kind of uh, negative or uh, nuanced way of expressing yourself. And I think that's new speak is Jew speak. And if you look at it, like we said before, there's the Jewish agenda and there's anything opposed to it, which is called hate. Who defines what hate is? Well, the hate is defined by the ADL, who outlaws hate. I mean, the ADL has its lawyers create model statutes to outlaw paramilitary activity and outlaw hate crimes or create uh, additional legal penalties for people who have attitudes the ADL doesn't like. And so like he just is saying, every single political term has a sort of a intention buried within it that you accept at your own risk. Uh, these are When you're young and naive, you think that words are used to communicate. And people are supposed to be honest and treat others the way that they want to be treated themselves. But that has, was it Machiavelli that said the realm of the political and the moral are two completely different things. In politics, you win by framing the fight and forcing the other guy to accept your terms. If you accept virtually any common term in U.S. political debate, you are exceeding the Jews the high ground and they will not lose on that. 
So what you have to do is come up with a counterframe that is more powerful. Now, you're still not going to win very often because the Jews control the means of amplification. And so they are able to enforce their terms through a steady diet of TV. If the average American is watching five hours of TV and the Jews are putting out hate, 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 you know, most people are going to accept hate, but you can get through to the Pierce estimated about 2% of the population that's capable of thinking for itself. Say so, somewhere in the top... 10% of people is somewhat capable of thought. Some of them are capable of very great thought. And the rest are, they're basically repeaters. And they're going to accept what they hear. They'll hear something they like a little better and something else. They'll accept that and it will become their own view. But uh, basically they're going to they're gonna exist within the established framework and have virtually no way of questioning that because they're not people who are capable of spontaneously generating ideas. To the extent they think they're instrumental thinkers, they think, how do I get from A to B? How do I get you know this amount of money, or how do I uh, achieve this result? And they may be great at that, but they're not thinkers. They accept the framework. We on Goyfi are questioning the framework. We say, who determines what is hate? Uh, the Holocaust, we'll get into this later, is a perfect example. I mean, they call them Holocaust deniers. Well, the implication is that the Holocaust exists and is, is, is something substantial and well-defined, and someone's refuting it. But in fact, what the Holocaust is is not at all clear. The Jews claim six million were killed, but there's no evidence that six million were killed. And yet they passed laws in country after country that it's illegal to, to what they call deny the Holocaust. And, and that means that you can't even niggle about numbers. You can't even say, well, you know, the plaque at Auschwitz was lowered from four million killed there to 1.5 million. If you do that, you're engaged in Holocaust denial. But they never tell you what the Holocaust is. Uh, this is my, my prime objection. I want you listening to realize why you should be siding with us rather than with the conservatives. The conservatives always accept the Jew framework and they, the need to prove their moral bona fides and to fight uphill, to prove that they're not immoral, that they don't believe ketchup is a vegetable. And what you have to do is fight back with your own framework and try to impose that as best you can without being able to control the major media high points, the major technical uh, means of uh, communication right in, now. In people's minds, they've uh, tabooized resistance to this. I mean, there are severe social, socioeconomic strictures if sure. you cross this line. And uh, with their interlocking uh, governmental and non-governmental organizations now, and uh, as you pointed out, the, the constant television and radio and newspaper uh, bombardment, even Internet, if you don't go along with it, it's uh, you'll just you're going to suffer. Well, I think uh, they've laid the basis with a general dumbing down by teaching English by a way that does not work. Mm -hmm. uh, English you have to teach by phonics because there's only you know 26 letters and about maybe 70 sounds total. You teach the people to decode to associate the letter with the sounds that the letters make. And they'll say, well, a letter makes different mm -hmm. sounds, but it only makes about 70 total sounds. Mm -hmm. They're teaching English by a language where you recognize whole words rather than distinct letters, making it oh, impossible yeah, to sound, sound out words. So the, the basic, without getting into the details of that too much, you're, if you're teaching people what you're saying is, is a way to read, but actually prevents them from reading and makes reading a painful experience, they're going to be less inclined to read and they're going to be less inclined to think. And this creates a general basis for this, the superstructure they build, which is their own terms that effectively imprison anybody who wants to uh, go outside and run around free. I mean, if you disagree with any aspect of their agenda, you are a hater. And this precludes your legitimacy. And this is a very important point. It means that the Jews are not Democrats. They believe that you cannot oppose them and be legitimate. And that is reflected in every term that they use. If you oppose their their agenda on, on homosexuals and gay marriage, what are you? you you're listening. You, what's the word that they would use to describe someone opposed to their, 
their agenda. They, they would either call you a hater or an extremist or a homophobe. That word didn't even come into common parlance until uh, back in the early 80s. You never heard that word before, you, you, you younger people listening to this. Uh, it was invented in the 70s, but it wasn't really used until the 80s. And, and when the whole AIDS thing came up, all of a sudden, if you... If you said that you know people uh, playing butt roulette ought to be quarantined, I mean you're a homophobe all of a sudden. Yeah, question your sexuality or even uh, being um, critical of these people. But they have this on absolutely every single front. If you disagree with what they say, they have a special hate term for you. You're a misogynist, or you're you're a homophobe, or you're a racist. The, the conservatives always write as though there's some god or some judge looking down who's going to say. Yes, you are arguing reasonably and fairly. I grant you the point. But it's not like that. This is what people need to see is this is just a vicious all-out battle here on earth between competing groups of people. There is no God looking down. There is no judge that is going to reward you for playing fairly. You've got to fight to win. And if you're not going to fight to win, don't even bother. Just give in to the system. Be pragmatic. Yeah, just, just try to protect yourself you. from it. Good luck. You won't be able to. Well, if the niggers aren't in your neighborhood now, they will be in a few years. But, there's, uh, um, two, so, but two. We, we here at Goyfire are interested in fighting, and that means coming up with our own terms and, and counterposing them to the Jews' terms and making our view more attractive that we can draw the strongest elements of the white community who want to save themselves and preserve the conditions under which their families can thrive. And we have every right to do that. And I don't use the language of rights because rights is for children. It's just stupid. There is what, what there is out there. You can assert all the rights in the world, but if you don't have an enforcement mechanism, it doesn't mean a damn thing. So rights talk is for children. Us, us existing is, is all the proof, the evidence, the, the right we need to, uh, to fight to defend ourselves. We don't, we don't require any self-defense. We don't have to prove our case. We don't want to live in this horrible Jewish system. We're sick of what they've done to America, letting in Mexicans and forcing us to pay for it, forcing us to pay for the health care of Tia Maria and Pablo when uh, you know, 30, 40 million white Americans don't even have health insurance themselves. Yeah, and if you don't like it, shuffle and look down at your shoes is in, in utter shame. Our own president's calling this people vigilante because he wants to protect the border, where he has property on the border, and his buddy down the road uh, tried to prevent drug gangs from uh, coming across, and, the, and uh, they shot him up. They shot up his house. I didn't hear Bush talking about that. Bush is on the side of the people who are murdering America. And, and you've got to understand, it's, it's Jews who have designed this whole system that we're moving into, and it's disloyal elites like Bush who are playing along, largely but not entirely WASP. A lot of us have bought off. Too. It's in your own minds. It's not in reality, except insofar as they're in high positions and in institutions. But uh, Bush, as soon as people you know, begin to talk against it, it'll dissolve. Yeah. Bush is the hater, okay? We want to protect the border. We are the good guys. Bush is the hater. He's preventing American people from defending their lives and their property, and that is the only reason that government exists. If you have a representative government, representative Americans have shown in poll after even Jew-rigged poll, you know the Jews tilt the poll towards their agenda, and the polls still show that Americans do not want affirmative action, and they do not want Mexican invasion. And it showed that for 40 years, and uh, yet the government does what it does. You reading this, uh, I pose a challenge to you. Go out there and look up the immigration minister in most of the, the white nations in the world, and you'll find out it's a Jew, usually. It's been, I don't know who it is now in America, but the last three or four have been Jews. It's Straw over in England, or he was at one point. He's a Jew, Jack Straw. Uh, the ones in Canada have mostly been Jews. Uh, go, go anywhere. Did Los Angeles Coliseum, do you remember that one, Alex? That was under uh, Bill the Rapist. Doris, was it uh, Doris, uh, hmm? Doris Meisner? 
That's the one, yeah. And uh, she was the head when they swore in all those criminals, and they knew that 15% of them were uh, uh, felons. And I think they put them all in the L.A. Coliseum, you know, just like the Roman Coliseum, and had them in there, you know, hurry up. Uh, mm -hmm. Gore got him in there to vote. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, one of the guys who was the head of uh, Gore's campaign or one of the big financiers was this uh, fellow uh, uh, Rosen, who's the head of the American Jewish Committee. But uh, that's another story for later today in Goyfar. Here's an equivalent. Say I had a tiny group of whites that was living in Israel, and we were all networked, and the Jews were individualists, and they were very tolerant and peaceful, well-meaning people. And I said, you know, I don't, I don't feel confident that they're going to respect our rights. Uh, and we had one of our own elected immigration, and we said, look, we needed the... Israel safety, the, the, the safety is, is not a Jewish state. It's a state of a nation of immigrants. You know, yeah, there was, they weren't even most of the people weren't even here before before 1945. And and I and I wanted to diversify it. And I started putting out propaganda. And I said, let's let in a bunch of Filipinos and let's let in a bunch of Bangladeshis and Pakistanis. That's what the Jews have done in all these white nations because they think it's good for them to have it filled with just a motley crew of, of great variety of, of, of races and people. Go to New York and you'll see exactly what they feel, the environment they feel most comfortable in. Well, like I was writing in VNN form, I mean, people are like snakes in, the, in a sense. You know, each snake, some snakes live in the desert, some snakes live in pasture, some snakes live in water. They all, they are, they're all snakes, but they have different environments that they require. And well, getting, Jews are back. creating environments in which we simply cannot live, and that's proven by our behavior. And so we have the right to protect ourselves from Jews, and we should. Well, getting back to language, I know on the forum we did uh, come up with a couple of creations. Uh, one I mentioned earlier in the program, Goyophobia, and mm -hmm. also the term Jewist. I, I know, mm -hmm. Shane, you've been working on that one. Are there a couple other terms we should get out there into the mass mind? Well, uh, I floated Jewer, rhymes with sewer. So. <laughs> well, let's, let's dis what does goyophobia really mean? Let's, let's get down to the nitty-gritty. What, what is this for a psychological condition? Well, if it rhymes with paranoia, the one, one objection I have is that uh, paranoia is a, an irrational fear. And Jews have a very rational, they should have a rational fear of whites, because when whites get upset historically, we're the most ferocious people on earth. And so uh, it hasn't yet happened in our country. We're slowly getting there. But, well, but the, the whole sound yeah. and the idea of going away is uh, appealing to me. The point is the Jews know what they've done, and we know what they've done. And these are the only two real political forces are whites with a capital W, politically conscious, ideally active whites, people who are living white and, and politicking white. And, and then you've got the vast middle of, of the masses of people who are more or less aware there's a problem. Now the mission of Goyfire is to spread the word uh, and define so that we can polarize and fight and say, here is exactly what's going on, here is why it is going on, and here's why you should be with us. And you listening have every possible incentive to uh, investigate what we're saying because it, it really determines the future for you and your kids. You know, you can take your RV and cruise around and uh, go waste your Social Security out in Vegas, but some of you older people in particular should be worried. Don't worry about your religion and what's going to happen to your soul in the afterlife. That's a bunch of bunk. You worry about what's going to happen to your grandkids on this earth when you're gone, and that that's a good thing to uh, to uh, spend your time and put your effort into. And the conservatives have no answer for you because they are liberals and they are part of the problem. Nobody who denies that race exists, which is what the conservatives do, uh, has any credibility whatsoever. The acceptable spectrum only includes uh, people who are liberal on that point, and in that sense, if you claim that race doesn't exist, that's counterfactual and it is not the basis of any kind of solid politics. So it's it's us whites awakened to the problem who are trying to awaken others, and it's Jews who are fighting the real political fight of our times. 
we encourage you to awaken also and to get on the, uh, the winning side. There was a famous uh, Jewish wordsmith in Austria and Germany on the years leading up to World War II, and he was writing in the Weimar Republic, and his name was Roth. The Jews still uh, you know, celebrate his memory, but as a wordsmith, he said you know, the Ten Commandments gave Jews the first terrible moral law for them to spread among the cheerful, blithe peoples of the world. So essentially, they consider whites rubes and hayseeds and, and hicks. Uh, no matter how sophisticated whites are, no matter how educated. And uh, what we need to understand about them is that they put great stock and they have great skill using words, using myth creation via Hollywood, via the television, via our media, or when I say our, I mean, we think it's ours, but if you look at who's producing a lot of it, no, it's not us. If you watch the Jews sometimes, you know, at the Wailing Wall, they've got, the, the laws of David strapped to their heads and with a leather strap, and they're just going over and over again. They're chanting things. They're very verbal people. They were the ancient scribes. They have a, a, a long history of, of associating words with concepts and, and attacking uh, their enemies in a, in a very vicious way. So they're, but they don't have an honest way with words. They have a... a what do they call pill pull, where they all sit around and dispute over various points in the Talmud. They're an ugly and, and a nasty race. Basically, they're, they're all playing lawyer ball. They're all trying to figure out reasons to get around what fundamental law actually is. And they, they, uh, when they were let out of the ghettos by Napoleons, they quickly gravitated to law schools, as we've seen, and to uh, the choke points of society, where they use whatever verbal talents they had for uh, dissimulation and nitpicking to destroy society. And that's why right. the Christian won't tell you, but anytime you see the ACLU, you're just seeing a, basically a Jewish organization that hates Christians and hates whites. So their talents are not used for the good, whatever talents they have, which are far less than what is uh, than what they're, they're claimed to be. The real Jewish talent is for organization and for swindling. That's the only place they've ever exhibited any genius. Well, uh, speaking about the swindling, what about this uh, Rabbi Judah Feinerman? Alex, have you heard about him? You've studied that a little bit. There's only one article about this fine, upstanding rabbi who, who stole, what was it, like about $20 million, and, and then he, uh, he bitches to get out of it because, you know, he, he's an old guy. You know, that doesn't seem to fit in when the, when the old guy is someone they want to persecute, like John Demyanyuk, uh, or anybody else that they claim was a guard at some imaginary camp. Why don't they the give him a million bucks of fireman's money to leave the country with, stuff it in a suitcase for one of those guards, huh? The basic point is, you've heard the joke about the orphan who... Uh, who murdered his parents and then demanded leniency from the court on the grounds that he was an orphan. Well, this is kind of parallel to that. It's funny. I mean, here you have this, this, this kike, you know, rips off $20 million through insurance schemes, and then he begs for leniency on the grounds that he's a great benefactor of the community. Oh, uh, well, where'd you get the money there, Rabbi? Well, he got it all through swindling. He swindled it all. This, this is such a Jewish way of operation. And then, and then the court recommends 30 months for this guy. We saw Matt Hale get 40 years for nothing. And we, got, we saw a couple of kids get busted like 30 years for throwing a two-liter thing of gas at a, a stupid synagogue. This country is yeah. a ridiculous tyranny. Yeah, this guy had an throw entourage. The, throw the rabbi away. Take him out in a trash barge and dump him in the East River. Yeah, this guy had an entourage of personal bodyguards, a house in Boca Raton, two yachts, and was blowing 10000 bucks a night on uh, restaurants and gambling. Yeah, the yachts. I want to see the yachts. I want to see the sexy news girls and, uh, walk on board the yacht on a sunny day and say, here it is, you know, lifestyles of the rich and famous. Let's see it. Come on. <laughs> yeah, they, they got enough footage, you know, they got enough time to spare to go after the Catholic priest, who I hold no brief for, but uh, 
You know, they go after the priest all the time. They run all kinds of movies hating on him. You know, they got no time to spare for the rabbis. And this guy was Orthodox, too. Let's point that yeah, out. He, he was on the board of Orthodox. Yeshiva University, Alex. And, and not only that, but he was the treasurer of uh, the synagogue. It was an overseas, uh, what is it, Synagogues of America or something. And that group dissolved in 94. But prior to that, they had an umbrella organization for secular, I mean, for the less severe, uh, and for the uh, Orthodox synagogues. In fact, he was one of the 20 uh, rabbis that went to see, uh, I guess it was the Pope. When you're dealing with rabbis, you're dealing with Phil, is what yeah. it is. And, and the people think the Orthodox are different. No, the Orthodox are, are even weirder looking than average Jews, but they're just as, as dirty. They're just, Judaism is inherently disgusting. I, I don't yeah. know of a better way to put it. If you can't figure out by looking at Jews that there's a problem with them, and they ain't us, and uh, all the fine words and arguments in the world aren't going aren't gonna to change your mind. Look at them. Yeah, well, it's it's like wondering... our, our policy against, we don't, why do we not want Mexicans in America? Well, look at the Mexican. Do you want, do you want your, your neighborhood surrounded with that? No, yeah. you don't want it. You don't have to well, make wonder... arguments. Look at it. It's just something yeah, different. Stand in the line at the 7-Eleven and look at it. You know, watch what they do, how they comport themselves. It, and... it needs to be stated that having to prove things is really, it's actually sort of a form of weakness. Wild always said... Uh, even things that are true can be proved. The point is that all the evidence is there, but, but the, the issue is not whether they make the economy you know, 10% bigger or whether they hurt it. The issue is they ain't us. We don't want to live around them. And it's our country. I wonder what the Pope had to say about those 20 rabbis showing up at his door. Uh, he invited them in for ham sandwiches, I think. Yeah, yeah, he, I mean, he called the Jews our elder brothers. They're our elder brothers. I mean, you think the Pope would know about Jews. Well, aren't we big enough to kick their ass yet if, if they're elder brothers? Christ, there's a lot more of us. That, that's what I love. Didn't we make that point before that, about Ratzinger? He's against all this modernism in the church, except for the modernism that found that Jews are our elder brothers in Christ, and they showed us the way. And In Christ, they crucified the We won't call them the Jesus killers any longer, even though they killed Jesus and said his blood <laughs> be upon us and on our children. We'll just ignore that part. That he's boiling in a vat of uh, excrement? Excrement or semen, I, I you know... Scholars will disagree. This is where that pill pull, that pill pull kicks in. This is the sort of thing that religious Jews debate. Great religion, huh? Well, I should like to do 13.4 reasons why I believe he is actually boiling in a hot vat of semen. They do that when they when they uh, run to, run into houses in the Gaza and overrun houses. They've been known to defecate in the in the living rooms and uh, masturbate. Yeah, and, that's right. They, you know. they they broke into one place and they start immediately. They start piping in porn because porn is kind of a universal solvent. We all have genitals. I believe uh, even people who don't like the rest of what I've said are going to agree on that fact. We all have genitals. And they all may be stimulated by certain common appeals, but they want to reduce all non-Jews to the lowest possible level, and that means getting them through the gonads and turning them into slavish masturbators and and people who are only interested in consuming and think about uh -huh. sex all the time. So they get into these very traditional societies, and whether it's white America in the 50s or whether it's uh, certain uh, Arab societies today, they, they want to destroy that. They want to rip away its innocence and, and fill it with porn. And yeah, what, what Chainstein is right, Jews have always had a fascination with, with feces. If you doubt that, just pick up a Philip Roth novel. He's celebrated by all of the Jews as, you know, probably their current greatest living writer. They will literally shit in, in houses that they occupy. They'll shit in the cabinets and uh, shit on the floor, shit on the couch. Well, and, on uh, that note, we'll turn to Germany where they're building a new monument. Wait wait a minute. What is, what is this new Berlin Memorial but a big, <laughs> giant dump? right in the heart of the capital of their most hated enemy. That's exactly what it is. Hey, I want to talk about that memorial. Wait, right, wait a second. I've got some no, no, I'm not going to wait. You know, Listen, Goethe said that, all that, that architecture is frozen music, but 
That Berlin Memorial is a frozen fart. Listen, All right, and what, what those are is a bunch of slants intended as... Flew them in from Afghanistan. They put them on C-141s and flew them in one by one. Those used to be used for uh, uh, truck bomb barriers in, in, in our bases in Saudi and Afghan. That's all those are. They're, they're, they're big. What is it? The Talmud Curtain. We're working yeah. all over the world now. I want to alert uh, Goyfire listeners that uh, with this show, we're, we're, we're going to start threads where we provide backup... Uh, substantiation and, and pictures of, of some of the stuff that we're talking about. And that is on vnnforum.com, and that is in the, uh, what is it, the broadcast uh, sub-forum. There'll be a thread uh, dealing with the date of the particular show. This memorial, if you haven't seen it, is a huge field right in the heart of Berlin, and it's nothing but these big concrete slabs. It's so ugly that only a Jewish architect could have thought it up and, and probably sniggered when the idea came to him. It's, it's ugly, and it's intended to be ugly. On prime real estate in the middle of Berlin. It's been Quite termed right. a monumental fiasco by art enthusiasts around the world. But uh, be that as it may, uh, here's some quotes directly uh, where they describe it um, in, in detail. I quote, From a distance, the site looks like a dungeon. As visitors <laughs> descend... Uneven sloping ground, unmarked concrete blocks rise to heights of up to 15 feet, tilted at odd angles. The experience is intended to create feelings of unease and loneliness. Exactly the feeling we all, all of us white people have gotten from them from these past 40 years. Yeah. And that's exactly the opposite of the definition of what architecture is supposed to do for human beings, which is to make them feel comfortable, human, alive in this wondrous world. And that's exactly the opposite of the definition of what architecture is supposed to do. Well, I say take a look at it. Every white person who thinks Jews are nice should just stroll around that park and just get a feeling of the world they want to create for us. Well, I'll tell you, my, in my opinion, now i got a quote here out of this article. Ask money if the project would be demeaned if someone scratched Nazi symbols on it. Remember, it's made up entirely of these big, stupid-looking slabs. Uh, the architect, uh, his name is Peter Eisenman, was non-committal. Maybe it would, maybe it wouldn't, Eisenman said. Maybe it would add to it. Uh, I believe that this was intended as sort of swastika flypaper. I mean, I think the Jews want these slabs to be defaced so that they can claim, oh, they're still at it after all these years and all this teaching. They still hate the Jews. You know, and just it, it increase the sense that they're unjustly persecuted around the clock, never telling you that it's a, literally against the law to criticize Jews in Germany. You might be able to criticize an individual Jew, but you can't criticize Jews as a whole. You can't say Jews are now pouring back into Germany because they receive free money. You can't say Jews invented the Holocaust as a way to hold the rest of mankind in perpetual guilt and to uh, extract money from it. There's a problem now because the, uh, the Jews who started all of this and was the prime mover. She looks kind of like a, a, an ugly Lily Tomlin playing Ernestine the Operator. She, ugly uh, Lily Tomlin? Isn't that redundant? <laughs> I, I, I'm, I'm trying to find the modifiers without being tautological, but it's impossible. Anyway, <laughs> she, uh, she, she held up a molar that she found. She claimed she found at uh, uh, some camp, right? Now Hallelujah! The yeah. molar was ripped from a... Well, now, now the Jews... They're going to they're going to fight about it. There's a, one joke, you know, wherever there are two Jews, are there you'll find at least three strong and divergent opinions. So uh, they're angry at her because she wants to toss this in like the wishing well or something, and the molar in the concrete pillar at, at some uh, uh, dedication 
somewhere along the line. It reminds me of when Imelda was building her art center down there in the Philippines, and 32 guys fell into the concrete. And they said, what do we do? And she was such a, a patron of the art, she said, just keep working. Why won't that one it up? So Let's they're very all right. Yeah, I think I'm, I'm all in favor of dumping Ellie Wiesel into the still wet concrete. <laughs> Throw the molar in on top of him and just keep going. Pass the law and make it legal first. He is one goofy-looking mofo, boy. Yeah. He, he didn't, just looks didn't he used to fight for that? Wasn't he a communist he fighter and he uh, massacred some people? Wasn't he involved in some massacre in Europe? Uh, I'm not crazy? sure about that. I wouldn't be surprised. I know he left with the Germans when the Russians were showing up, so that tells you where his heart really lay. Yeah, I know he invented lies about geysers of blood coming from the earth. I heard him speak in a... I wrote a news article about it. When I was in college, he came out to Pomona and spoke, and he... Uh, I was struck by how hypocritical he was. This is before I was awake and the whole... I didn't realize the Holocaust had just been something made up. He, he was so dishonest. I mean, he, he talked about, this is a letter to a young Palestinian, and basically the letter was a complete excusal for any kind of viciousness Israel would do, because basically they have to protect themselves, so nothing they can do can ever be interpreted as aggressive or offensive. Mm-hmm. You know, well, the Germans were just trying to protect themselves from the Jews and the horrors of the Bolshevik... Uh, revolution, and, and that was, they called it Judeo-Bolshevismus, Judeo you know, Jewish Bolshevism, and that's what Churchill called it also, although you won't find any of the neocon sycophants who worship Churchill today ever quoting the article in which he described uh, Jew-produced Bolshevik revolution as a product of typical Jewish uh, street scum with arrested development, you know, the malevolent what? whining that has always characterized the Jew. It's kind of well, the way funny. people rationalize how, how people are false Christians or they're not really following God's word because they'll yeah. say, well, Churchill, Churchill grew from that, from those Just like Lincoln stuff. and racism or the founders. Right. Well, we've come a little farther since then. We know a little right. more than we did. Really, have you looked at Detroit? Yeah, the colors have really come along nicely, aren't they? Yeah. <laughs> they're almost up to the level of the chimpanzee now. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think there's like one movie theater in all of Detroit, or maybe not even one. Why is that? Have you ever been in a movie theater with black people? They like to yell. They have a lot to say. Yeah, think about that. That's like a million people in one city. There's one, well, there's probably not much retail there either. What is there, like the Renaissance Center? And I'm not real familiar with Detroit, actually. Well, they had the big July 4th thing where, what, what, eight or nine people got shot? Wasn't that the July 4th? Well, or was that a basketball uh, championship? Yeah, it's, it's funny. You could post. You could send people these links. They'll they'll say, "I'm not going to open that." You know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not going to look at that. Oh, thanks. That, that's essentially a female orientation, and it's very common among males too. But uh, yeah, if I it, it's exactly remember when Barbara Bush said, "I'm not going to trouble my beautiful mind about that." I forget <laughs> what the specific was, but that that's exactly how a lot of women think. I will just. I am proceeding blithely along. I don't. Oh, I know what it was. It was about body bags from uh, over in uh, Iraq and Afghanistan. I'm not going to trouble my beautiful mind. And these people will do anything to preserve their self-perception. I am this wonderful, noble person. Why would anybody want to think about that, Alex, anyway, right? I mean, come on. This is how they justify the horrors that they carry out. They, they simply don't have the guts to face the, the natural results of the policies that they put in place. They call them conservative, but they're not conservative. They're all liberals. They all pretend race doesn't exist. Barbara Bush doesn't want to trouble her beautiful mind. Barbara, your mind's not beautiful, honey. Well, that, that's why Just, designers' drugs have such a market in the qua. It's mean, one step mean away. Jewish drug, drugs like ecstasy? Nah, no, more like Prozac and uh, mm. Valium. And that, that really yeah. helps you not trouble your beautiful yeah, mind. Yeah, I mean, you got a bit of an edge. you gotta, you got to take the edge off, man. Just chill out. I mean, we're all going to get along. Everything's fine. 
in this yeah. best of all possible worlds. I know, you know, it looks like niggers are a little bit of a problem, but you got to take the longer view. Yeah. Someday the sun will burn out and whatever exists on planet Earth will be dead, so just quit worrying about it. You need to have the feelings that reality naturally inspires if you're to be alive. You don't want to live in a drug trance. You want to live as a man in a community of men where you take the decisions that determine the future of your community. That's all we're asking. It's not even really a racial thing so much. It is, but uh, well, the thing it's is, also just we... about being an adult, being allowed to be an adult, or demanding the right to be an adult. Yeah, well, that's Taking... the thing. In, in a white society, you're not required to uh, uh, sully your beautiful mind with these types of problems because they don't exist. You know, well, they don't crime, exist in the media, do they? Not crime does not exist in a white society, so there's there's no yeah. need to even trouble one's mind with it. That's that's the solution. There's no uh, need Run, to take yeah. designer drugs or what have you. It's it's it, a done deal. You know, Some whites exactly. will tell you we're going to become a golden people, just like James Mishner's. When one of James Mishner's books, he talked about that. A golden people. Oh, oh, oh wonderful day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of whites are excited about it. Someone will say, what can you do? What was he referring to? <laughs> Just keep your mouth shut. Don't do anything, okay? Said that's money. What was Mitchner referring to? I think he was talking. I think that was in Hawaii. <laughs> uh, you know, he, he, he ghostwrote. He, uh, a lot of his books were ghostwritten, particularly in later years anyway. I mean, look, whites are absorbing so much uh, fallacious information via the airwaves and, and literature and everything else. So not only do we... Uh, get our whole existence polluted, but well, we're supposed to give them our money for the privilege, you know, and pay them up. Yeah, I'm tired of being the, the butt of everything. I'm tired of having my motives questioned for pointing out obvious facts. I'm, I'm tired. I'm mm -hmm. sick and tired of uh, sick and tired of being the bad guy. We're not the bad guys. We are the good guys. We're mm -hmm. giving it to you straight up, and we're telling you the only way out. And it sure as hell isn't through. The way out for America is not through embracing the rest of North and South America and becoming one with them. It's through the Jew, just right there on the line of scrimmage. The Jew's right there on the line of scrimmage. you got to get past them. No way out but through the Jew, and we're yep. opening holes in their line that the white race may run through. Well, as we'll zone, see in the, the end zone of, of self-control, self-determination. Yeah, well, as we'll see in the next story, uh, which we'll get to after the break, uh, they're they're building uh, prisons for people like us, uh, in Canada at least. Uh, we'll get back to that after the break. The Aryan Alternative, news and views for whites you won't find anywhere else. The Aryan Alternative is a print publication of uncensored news for whites. Issue 2 is available now. Be the first in your neighborhood to distribute news without the Jews by ordering 100 copies for $12 through the Vanguard News Network. Visit GoVNN.com for ordering information. The Aryan Alternative and the Vanguard News Network. No Jews, just right. <laughs> 